Welcome to the Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Mel. I'm Matt. And I'm Robin. Yay! And I'm the Wanderer's yeah. penis! I'm the Wanderer's <laughs> penis superhero, yeah! I thought we killed him! <laughs> yeah, I thought you killed him last week. Uh, I am the bald-headed bishop. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. I don't. We'll get to that anyway. And this week we have a very special guest. You know how we like to confuse our listeners. So we have a Robin on a on a show where there's a Robin and a Matt and a Claire. We thought, well, the character Will is featured quite a lot this week, so we should get a character, a, a character, a guest called Will. So it's Will. Yay! Hello. I should say it's the Wizarding World of Will because we were just talking about Harry Potter. Yay! <laughs> Expelliarmus. So this is like an episode that has a lot of will in, and it's complete accident that this is the episode you're on. <laughs> <laughs> So in my notes, I've called him Simpson. Just so yeah, that's what I say. Yeah, that's what I did. I call him Simpson. There can only yeah, be yeah. one. Yeah. I was like, who's Will? <laughs> I didn't know what you were talking about. Officer, yeah. officer um, oh, I can't give you... Rebecca and I, listener Rebecca and I have a nickname for him, but I can't tell you what it is yet. Because it relates to a, a later moment. I call him Officer Abs, maybe. Yeah, you can call him. I'm going to write that down. Okay, Officer Abs. <laughs> he is Officer Abs. I mean, Officer Eckhart, because he looks like Aaron Eckhart. Okay. Actually, speaking of him, uh, I wrote down one of my notes was he's got better Captain America hair than Captain America. He does. He does. <laughs> oh, Matt, I want you to put a little pin in that that thought for later. Okay. okay? <laughs> All like, right. Might come up in an Easter egg. Wink, wink. <laughs> hmm. So, Will, I have to ask, um, what is your knowledge of Jessica Jones before um, coming on this podcast or before watching the show? And are you a newbie or an oldbie? <laughs> I had no knowledge of Jessica Jones before this show, and I'm a newbie. I watched up to episode seven like a few weeks ago, but I've been busy rewatching Star Wars since then, <laughs> so I haven't had a chance to watch any more. And actually, you know, when I saw this episode, I was going to send in feedback because I was kind of, you know, pleasantly surprised by the events. And I kept forgetting and kept forgetting. But then I realized, hey, this is what I signed up for. So <laughs> I need to send in feedback. <laughs> we could play it and you could comment on it later. It will be very meta. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's a good draw for. Thanks, Will. <laughs> Cool. Um, well, there's uh, a little bit of news this week. So one bit of news is that um, actor Tom Holland, who's the new Spider-Man, was spotted on the set of Doctor Strange as Peter Parker. So Peter Parker might show up in Doctor Strange, which is interesting. I'm not sure what that would mean. Um, and one other bit of news I had. That's strange. Doctor Strange, that is. Bum-bum-bum-sh. And there's one other bit of news which our listener Matt alerted me to, so thanks, Matt. Um, it relates to, um, uh, yeah, we, well, the, the, one that's not, the one that's not Matt Murdock. Matt A. There we go, Matt A. Oh, yeah. Um, other Matt's, um, co-host, Matt and Mel's co-host on, on Hoopercast. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm too confused. There's too, many, there's too many Matt's, there's too many, right, okay, there's too many Matt's, there's too many Robins, there's too many Claire's, there's too many Wills. Mel is a one of a kind, so she is, she's like a, a diamond in the rough. <laughs> um, so, there's, um, this came from the website Point of Geeks, and it says that the series for Iron Fist uh, is going to go into production in April of next year, um, and it will have the code name of Kick. So that would mean we had Bluff, Violet, Tiara, and Kick. 
I, lo- I love that Luke Cage's code name Tiara. It's amazing. Um, uh, there's a character who will pop up that in the series, which you guys have met already. I'm not going to say who. Um, but apparently there's been two casting calls released, uh, the first of which sounds like it is for Danny Rand, a.k.a. Iron Fist himself. Like the other shows, they have put the characters' names as uh, different ones. Um, I know for Daredevil, Matt Murdock's name was Alex Everett in all the casting. So for the Iron Fist castings, they're looking for a character, for someone to play the character Dylan Kendall. Um, and... He is described as 25 to 28 years old, handsome and sophisticated, independent and a loner, series regular. And the other... Sorry? I was going to say, why are they doing code names since everybody knows... This is the thing that's happening. Because a lot of the time when, uh, I think it's when agents give um, give them to to actors, they don't necessarily know that they're um, auditioning for a Marvel property. Oh, so yeah. I know that I know that Charlie Cox didn't. I think because I know his. Yeah, he was definitely Alex Everett in in it, and I know there was a um, an audition release where a guy was auditioning to play. Um, Jack Murdoch, and in that they were talking about baseball instead of boxing. It was like him talking with with little Matt, and it was baseball instead of boxing. And I can't remember Matt's name in it, but the surname was Callahan. Um, and there's another one where Wesley. It was an audition for Wesley, but the character was called Eddie for some reason. Um, and the other character they're looking for is is called Harry Marshall. I don't know who that could could be. Um, but Rebecca, uh, our listener who's a big Iron Fist fan, might know, described as 45 to 50 years old, Caucasian, highly intelligent, merciless, confident and arrogant, physically active, series regular. There you go. Howard Stark. Tony Stark. Howard Stark. Oh, well, they've already got Howard Stark. Oh, so you can have another one. He's There's dead. two already. He's dead. <laughs> he's he's resurrected. Oh. The vision resurrected him. Oh. Rubbish vision. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Ouch. So, uh, well, he's just a bit... He's too powerful, the vision. I find him boring. Like, he's got too many powers. I like... As you know, I like my... My characters, they can be beaten up and they're lying there going, oh, broken the leg or whatever. All right, fine. I think this casting call is for the Beyonder. It's a a little bit more down to earth. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, let's get into this episode. So this week, we are discussing, a.k.a. The Sandwich Saved Me. Uh, I bet you guys were relieved you finally know what the sandwich was in reference to. (laughs) Um, This was written by Dana Dana Barata and directed by Stephen Sergic. Um, and we start off with a flashback. First of many, 18 months ago, Jessica is playing with a elastic band ball against a monitor, um, and she's in an office job. She is an office drone. What did you guys think of this scene? It was surprising to see. And then when she, when she like, um, what do you call it, blackmailed her boss, I was like, that's very, uh, she didn't have a very ambitious ask for what she wanted in return for not... It was only six months pay. I was like, really? Oh, like, could have done way more. Didn't Kevin Spacey get like three years pay or something in American Beauty when he did this? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love that I she, liked only, how, uh, she only gets okay. angry when he insults her parents, and that's when she pushes over the fighting cabinets. Yeah, that I was like, touch a nerve, maybe? Hmm. It's like Martin McFly calling him chicken if you insult Jessica's <laughs> parents. <laughs> I like how she was bouncing a giant rubber band ball off, off this Dell mo- flat screen monitor, and he's like, rubber bands don't pay for themselves. I'm like, neither do monitors. <laughs> <laughs> 
And she has super strength as well, so, you know. Let's worry about the office supplies and not about the office equipment at all. She also made a 20-foot paperclip chain. <laughs> but when I saw this, I was yeah, like, that's exactly how I felt when I was in my office job. <laughs> I was totally that's how I feel like, pretty much every day. I'm sorry. Oh, well. <laughs> you could make a 20-foot paperclip chain. Uh, <laughs> develop your, no, develop just, your FBI skills and then you can uh, blackmail your boss for six months severance pay and a glowing letter uh, I could kitchen. probably blackmail him if I want to no, I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> you're being recorded <laughs> yes, I'm recording uh, edit that out <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to totally murder that guy I mean uh, could you guys edit that out too <laughs> oh um, yeah, I thought this was uh, pushing over a gigantic uh, row of filing cabinets was uh, a lot different than what Ron Livingston does in office space, which is just push over his cubicle. Uh, <laughs> and the like fish on his desk. Just because you didn't tap to, damn, it feels good to be a gangster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then beating up a printer. That would have been awesome. I love office space. I wonder how Jessica does on her TPS reports. <laughs> <laughs> No way she does cover sheets. <laughs> she looked really out of place, though. She, I, w- I was like, is she undercover? Is What's going on here? So I guess she just was working. Well, it does say 18 months ago. Yeah. So, yeah. And her hair's different as well. I don't know. Um, is it? Yeah, it was kind of straighter, okay. I thought. It looked different to me. It looked, I don't know, it looked different to me. Hair. You're just saying your favorite musical from the 60s, aren't you, Robin? That's yeah. exactly what I was like. Wait, <laughs> let me just stop myself and name my favorite musical. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the next scene, Jessica is in the bar with Trish, um, and we find out that it sounds like Jessica has been uh, quitting jobs, is a common occurrence. Um, and uh, then we get a very creepy man asking Trish to play Love Tester. <laughs> But they do strength testers. What? So was he calling the strength tester one love tester, or is there an actual game called love tester? Because I was like, Ew. yeah, there's there's both kinds. Oh, what do you do for love tester? That's great. You just grip a handle and it like measures how clammy your hand is, basically. Yeah, <laughs> or you, like put your finger on a sensor, basically. I don't like that. That's gross. <laughs> Ugh, it's like, oh, you're clammy, mammy. Yeah. <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, this guy, who's hitting on Trish. Everyone's always hitting on Trish, and nobody ever hits on Jessica. Like, Well, Trish is famous as well. Like, were you guys happy to to hear the return of the Patsy thing? Yeah, but he came up to her before apparently, he knew she was famous. He just ran his draft. Apparently, blondes get hit on more often. Than I know. I don't like else. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me, me, and, me and you, Mel. Brunette and redhead. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's well, not. That's it's a secret. It's <laughs> although, although Will Will makes a pretty good blonde. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, which Will? Will picture. in the show or, or Will Will our guest? Our our Will. Our guest. Oh, I'm gonna see you as a blonde Will. I love that picture. picture. Oh, I'm gonna have a look. I will. Look, he looks like Kurt Cobain. <laughs> oh. Oh, have you seen oh, me no, as a blonde, guys? That picture, yeah. nice. What? I, I, I dressed up like Flash Gordon for my birthday party. You can see that on my Facebook. Oh, yeah. I did not see that. You're a blonde. <laughs> I, I, I am actually a natural blonde. However, my hair, I think it's actually probably now grey under mine. <laughs> Unfortunately. So this is where we get the first mention of Box the Bald-Headed Bishop, and I wrote three questions mm. after that and then wrote, Ew. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because uh, that's a way to win a girl over. Just yeah. say, yeah, I jerk off to you all the time. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah, it's so gross. He's like, oh, yeah, I used to watch you when I was a kid. And, and basically, that's how I learned to masturbate. Oh, yeah. swoon. Although I know what I'm saying to Alyssa Milano when I see her next. Ah, um, ah, all, all my ah. tips from Jessica Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to play Strength Tester with Alyssa Milano. Yeah. You've made poor life choices, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> so then they do the strength test, and obviously we know what's going to happen. Um, the guy gets 523, Jess gets 999, and then we hear, like, <laughs> as soon as it, the boxing bag goes back down, the game kind of goes, <laughs> so yeah, short circuits, which I thought was hilarious. Um, that was a nice touch. Yeah, it only went 999 because probably it couldn't go any further. Exactly, you know? yeah. Um, and this is where Trish is like, oh, you know, you should do something more with your life, with your abilities. And Trish says she would if she could, and she would like to go and save the world. Um, but Jess says to be a hero, all Trish needs to do is pay for shots for everyone. I just love the amazing girl power moments in these shows. It's just, uh, you know, I just get right behind it because, you know, you just don't see it enough on TV and stuff. This, this sorry I didn't hear you asshole was freaking amazing. I yeah. love Jess. I like seeing Jess in this scene as well, like at the end when she says about the shots and she's like laughs and we don't really see Jess laugh, you know, um, it's kind of yeah. different. She's, she's not like a, obviously this is pre Kilgrave, but she's not a, um, completely different person. I mean, obviously she's, um, a lot less damaged, I guess, but she's, she's still very cynical. Um, and you know, it's not like she's, I don't know. I just like the way they do it. They play it. She just doesn't know, hasn't figured everything out, but she's not, like, doesn't have her life ruined. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then we get voiceover, in which Jessica talks about before Kilgrave and after Kilgrave. And we see a photo of Malcolm that was taken six months ago where he's clean and happy. Aww. Follow Malcolm on Instagram. (laughs) You do. Or not. Sure. Rent. (laughs) Sorry, that's another musical out of nowhere. Sunday in the Park with George. I just thought it was, I was like, oh, this is an ongoing joke. I'll just lean into it. Not that I've ever done that It's getting very surreal. I don't quite know what's happening. I feel like I'm being killgraved. What's going on? Why is everything purple? Oh, my God. So, Malcolm is walking through the park. Um, uh, Jessica mentioned she always hears him in the hallway at quarter to ten, like leaving. And this is the first time in the episode that she's following him. Uh, and she sees him sit down at a chess table with Kilgrave and give him an envelope of photos. So we sort of see that he is meeting with Kilgrave every day. And I like the fact that um, after Kilgrave kind of gives Malcolm the, the parcel, like the, the heroin or whatever it is, he tells him he can leave. And it's almost like a dog. Like he's sitting there and he can't leave until you know his master says, right, you can go. And then he kind of like runs away. I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah. Th- this scene, I really had a lot of thoughts about. Uh, really, just thinking about the production first of all, mm-hmm. like seeing like these crowds of people. Well, first I was I was looking at them, going, "Oh man, any one of these people could be working for Kilgrave." Like I'm w- looking and seeing if their eyes are like looking at Jess or anything like that or whatever. But then I was like, "Man, everybody's like dressed up in like winter clothes." So thinking about how freaking hot it was when they're filming. But this is probably the spring. No, no, I mean, July was like the end of the production because when we were in New York, it was like in the last week of production. So this could have been the spring, so it would have been not as hot as it was. 
Wow. Guys, I, just yes, heads up. Uh, Towards the end of production, this when we were in New York, it, I, it was so hot. <laughs> yeah, my brain baked in my skull. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and I just like, and they're really trying to sell that it's kind of like fall close to winter, I'd say. Mm. And they really, I think, I think they probably put like a different filter on the camera to just kind of like make it more blue. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, with all these people, like talking about in, within the universe. Uh, yeah. With all these people around, um, yeah, if, yeah, that'd be. I would not go into a crowd if I were her, because you know, some random person could just come up and uh, shank her. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You. Well, it's it's one of the things I like in that, and we explore it like more in this episode of seeing how what you know, Kilgrave physically is much weaker than say Kingpin. Like Kilgrave is physically pretty weak. Um, but it's just the fact of what he can do, of how, you know, the, the fact of just going up to a guy who's quite physically weak and darting him with a tranquilizer gun and driving him to a warehouse is not that complicated. But it's just they try sort of everything with this guy. It's, you know, getting getting him and capturing him alive, which is what they need to do, is not going to be as easy as it seems which is one yeah. of the things I love about this episode. It shows that they, they sort of try as much as they can and they don't foresee things like the bodyguards later who aren't under his mind control, which I think is a really good idea. Uh, it shows that Kilgrave is, is very, very smart, um, which is why he's, you know, also why he's so dangerous. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. She, he's he, he is, is super smart on top of getting everything he wants. Like, if, if he wasn't thinking about all the different... Um, roads to explore. He he probably would get taken down pretty easily. He has no. He doesn't care about hurting people at all. So nope. you know, you uh, hot coffee. Anyway. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is so deliciously evil. Like how many times do you want to get the road coffee in somebody's face? He gets to do it. Throw it in your own face. Yeah. Well, yeah. sounding a bit like Jerry in last week's episode, where it's like, oh, if I have his powers, oh, I'm getting a bit. Don't give the powers to Will. So, I really, I wonder if they'd corrupt anybody. Like, I think they'd corrupt anybody who got those powers. You know, just to just to start. Like, well, I could fix the situation, or I could just say something and have it done. That's like <laughs> you know? why, why Professor X is a dick. Because, like, as Rachel <laughs> Mars explain, or Rachel Mars explain the X Men, he's a great dick because he's got mind control powers. Mm-hmm. Like, Rachel, oh, Rachel and Miles. Yeah, if you're using it to hang out with people who are cooler than you, though, or like like he seems to be doing <laughs> later in the episode, um, wouldn't that just get like just feel empty and like pointless after a while? Um, like they're not here of their own volition. Like I'm making them say whatever they say, yeah. you know. Well, that's actually one of the things they did in the comics, which is a, a yeah. story I like with the pur- the Purple Man with Kilgrave, in that, I, I think I mentioned it before, in that he has gone around, I mean, horrifyingly, has gone around and impregnated loads of women, who, and then years later, has gone around and collected his children from these women. And they have also inherited his power, the children. But the reason was, he wanted the children to basically, he wanted, he thought that they would be, like, immune to his powers, and he wanted there to be people who would tell him that they cared about him without him controlling them, where it feels empty and not real. Um, But the problem is, they have inherited his power, and combined, they are more powerful than him, and instead they make him walk in front of a train. Oh. (laughs) It's creepy, Stepford, Stepford, not Stepford-wise, like, uh, you know, creepy Village of the Damned children with uh, purple powers. It's very scary. Wow. 
But now there's all these people with Purple Man's powers. Like that's that's horrible. Well, as long as they only their powers only work when they're near each other. So I think they like send them to like different corners of the yeah. states. So they, they can eat. Okay, so they got nothing when they're alone. No. <laughs> Eight or nine dangling threads for future Daredevil comics. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I really like that aspect of the character that I introduced. Of that, he is quite a pathetic character. You know, um, that he just does this. But I don't know. That's it's a really good story. Like if you want a good Purple Man story, it's like a two parter. I think and it's really really good. Um, and it's also the story that they got the moment from um, in the Daredevil series at the end of the hallway fight in episode two, where Matt takes his mask off when he's going to talk to the kid so he's you know when he rescues the kid so as not to frighten him I think that was inspired by that moment in the comics because he has to like rescue this kid so in the next scene Trish and Jess are discussing Malcolm uh, Kilgrave got him hooked uh, as a cover because as they say everyone dismisses a junkie and Trish really really wants to help him yeah, so, sure so some people were saying like he did he did actually like Seth was saying he did create a junkie but also it's because we found out that his powers only work for so long so it's a way of keeping Malcolm coming back to, to him and staying loyal like Malcolm says later he sometimes he did it just for the drugs it wasn't because he was controlled I keep wanting to comment on things you're skipping ahead to but I figure I'll just wait <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so then we get the next scene again of Malcolm in the Parks. It's the next day. Jess is wearing a red baseball cap. I don't know if it is a reference, but I like to think it's a reference to when she was a different, uh, she had a different alias in the comics and her costume was red. I don't know. I'm probably looking too far into it. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, she wore everything white denim, denim in the comics. It was, she, she wore her white outfit, it. which we'll get to uh, later. <laughs> yeah. But she's wearing white denim, obviously, because usually she looks so goth in black. So she's like, oh, if yeah. I wear white, I'm in disguise. Um, yeah. So it's 10am and Kilgrave isn't there Malcolm gets instructions from a passerby instead um, And Jessica asked the woman And who said that this British guy told her to tell Malcolm uh, To go to this kiosk And this is the moment with the coffee in the face Oh that's right, okay And Kilgrave's just helping him off to magazines <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time to talk to you I just got mind controlled and I need to get to my job I know, I was like, um, alright <laughs> <laughs> you just got mind controlled, love. Like, take a few minutes. Well, yeah, but don't people like not realize they've been mind controlled until they've thought on it a little yeah. bit? They're like, hey, that was weird. You know, that thing yeah. happened a few hours ago. If also, he like came up to her and said, "I'll tell this guy with the blue scarf and this," then she might have just done it and thought, "Oh, well, I just did it because this guy told me, you know, like, asked me to, whatever." Yeah, it's just a not like doing anything really crazy, like, hey, you know, jump in front of this train or anything. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And then I like when they walk off, uh, he calls, uh, Kilgrave calls Malcolm and he goes, come on, junkie, like he's a dog and his name's Junkie. <laughs> yeah. like, it's really sad. Mm. But I like it because I like, I like pain. Jessica leaves a message for Trish and asks her to call, uh, call her back. And then she accidentally smashes a bottle of whiskey as she's drinking. And then we get the return of Ruben, who heard a crash and was worried. And it's literally two seconds after the crash. <laughs> standing out yeah. in the hall. <laughs> Why are the shows so full of creepy men? Mm. <laughs> Just full of creepers. Yeah, like he Ruben. Oh, no, he bought some banana bread. What? He bought her some banana bread. Uh-huh. Um, um, yeah, <laughs> but sweet. he... Wait, yeah. so, okay, so he was standing in the hallway with a plate of banana bread <laughs> waiting for an opportunity. Yeah. 
was trying to think of a way to knock on the door and talk to her. He was he's there trying. You, go. you got his opportunity. You know, but I'm he thinking he murdered his sister. All day, Mel. Yeah. <laughs> and baked her into a banana bread loaf. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think she's dead. Uh-huh. Cool. But we haven't seen her in a couple of that. You don't think she'd let him yeah. date either? She wouldn't let him date anyone. No. Yeah. Oh. Now that she's dead, he baked him banana bread. You know, she, he can take it a shot. That's right. Hey, Just figure out how to knock on the door. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next scene, um, Trish wakes up, and we think she's still quite half asleep. Nope, she's, she's as they said in last episode, in flagrante. <laughs> <laughs> she's and having a bad dream. Interrupted wow. by Jeff. So you've got, you guys figure that, uh, obviously, it was it was Simpson in there with Trish? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Some they're vigorous head the moments there on the oh. blanket. I was like, oh. wow, we can't can't really tell what he's doing. <laughs> he's, a, he's a he's a physical guy, you know. <laughs> he was he's undercover. A, <laughs> he's a lap dog, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Yo, SS Wish though, called it. SS Wish, yeah. Did your yeah. heart grow three sizes in your chest, Robin, like the Grinch? When this happened, it grew. It grew. Well, yes, it grew. It grew that large <laughs> later in the episode, though. There was more of a. This is more of a like a physical thing where later on in the episode you're like, oh, this might be a thing. Aww. Um. So when uh, Trish answers, Jess tells her about Malcolm and Kilgrave, and uh, Will just randomly appears and he's like, oh, well, you're going to need to do it with a long range dart gun. <laughs> It's kind of the first time that he gives his little army knowledge, um, you know, about stuff. He's just like, well, that won't work. You totally need to do this. Yeah. We didn't know he was in the army before this episode, did we? Uh, we knew he was special ops. Yeah, he mentioned oh. special ops in the previous episode. But we don't know anything really more than that. Um, why, did he, why did he and Jessica hate each other so much? <laughs> I think Jess hates him because, I mean, they say later Jess hates anyone that Trish dates. I think because yeah. Jess, Jess is so protective of Trish. But I think as well, like we get later, he he is quite like an arrogant guy. Um, you know, he does. And I think he feels a bit threatened by her because he's kind of like, what are her powers? What's this? What's that? You know, and like later on when they're sort of comparing and, you know, he, he wants to be the one to, to do the running because he's like, oh, yeah, I can do um, run a mile in six minutes. And then I think when Jessica says it, she's like under three or whatever it is, or under four. I don't think that's her kind of being showy offy. It's it's more her being like, oh, look, this makes the most sense. I have superpowers, deal with it. You know that kind of thing. But I think mm-hmm. he feels a bit threatened, so he's constantly. That's why he's constantly bringing out the army knowledge and going, oh well, my army powers can do this and that. And, you know. Um, so I think maybe she gets a bit irritated with that because, uh, yeah, personally, <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. About. Probably. You're probably yeah. right. Uh, Jessica and Will, I have to say Simpson, Jessica and Simpson discuss stuff in the car. He says it's classified why he left special ops. Mm. Oh, oh, uh, backtrack just a second there. The, the end of that previous scene, again, I just love <laughs> how, how quickly Will gets shut down. Yeah. Trish is like, last night was fun, but if I want your opinion, I'll ask for it. And then yeah. Jeff backs her, backs her up with a, I know I don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Will, like, wow. I love it. I love it. Yeah, but that's refreshing, I think, because it's Trish is yeah. literally just like, well, no, at the moment, like you were saying, SS Wish. It is like at the moment, well, no, we're just having sex. Like, I'm, you know, yeah, you're hot, but I don't really want your opinion right yeah. now. Like, shut up. So. And then they, they just Will and, Will and uh, uh, Jess just standing there awkwardly staring at each other, and he's like, I'll, I'll go get my pants. 
<laughs> he looked good in his little shorts, though, I have to say. He's got, you know, he's got, he's got a nice body. Um, they arrive at the safe house, which was a decommissioned CDC facility and contains a hermetically sealed room. Um, uh, when they inspect it, Will... <laughs> I like the, See, this is what I mean as well about Will being quite a sort of arrogant guy, because he's like, oh, yeah, I totally knew it was Malcolm all along. And Jess is like, uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> you just seem like everyone else. Shut up. Um, and I think that would irritate Jessica because she's so she's so smart, like with putting things together. I think it it kind of just grates on her. I think that's part of the reason she doesn't like him. Um, and this is when they discuss about how fast they can run a mile. Um, Simpson can run it in six minutes. Jessica in under four, and then she locks him in, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, like probably the, my favorite part of the episode right there. <laughs> when they're just confronting each other. Yeah, well, it's interesting. It's like. It's like uh, it, 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 when Jess starts talking and he's not listening, it's almost like a voiceover monologue. Mm-hmm. So you hear what's inside her head, and she's like, yeah, you're fucking, you got your, get a screw loose. You probably gunned out an entire village. Like, mm-hmm. I love love that. And then he's like, you think you're a hero. I, I, you're not even close. I've seen heroes. So you got to, like, a, a look inside um, both their heads at that yeah, point. Yeah, I really like it. I thought it was a good way of sort of getting inside their heads without yeah. it being like a voiceover, being like, like Jessica doesn't know it, but I really don't like her. Like, <laughs> you know, I thought it was a better way of doing it, and I love that they end the scene with them just giving each other a little thumbs up. I thought and she was gonna leave him there and then go after Kilgrave and just wait <laughs> till the next day <laughs> and be like to Trish, oh, I don't know where he is. <laughs> There's also a bit of hand-waving during this whole thing. It's like, oh, I happen to know this old CDC bunker with a hermetically sealed room that no one's using right now. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. What does the <laughs> word hermetically mean? Like airtight. Yeah. Because okay. it was, if it was CDC, then, you know, so no. It's got also the um, the double double doors. So you could, I guess, go in there, get sterilized. Um, not sterilized. What's it? Yeah, what? sterilized, I guess. You know, so... You, well, spray down with a bunch of spray down with stuff. hoses and stuff. What would be their plan if they did capture Kilgrave and put him in there? Like, what could they possibly do? Confess. How? Well, I don't know. Maybe they'll make him. It's, how? Dude, they can't listen to him. They can't hear him in there. And yeah. as soon as they open the door to like interact with him, he he'll. They can't him. hear him through the glass, but there no. must have been a way for the people in the CDC to communicate with patients. Yeah, but it's proven over. It's proven in the end of this episode that he can't mind control through the phone. So obviously, he can't mind control through an intercom either. Mm-hmm. So that's probably what they're going to do. Yeah, also, but, yeah, but he could just stay there and keep denying it, or like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but true. If you go in there to try to confront him, then he's got you. <laughs> Maybe we'll find out. I'm looking forward to it because anything where there's a villain in a glass cage is always awesome. Like Hannibal Lecter, you mean? Or Loki, or, hello, or hello. Skyfall, or hello, Jessica uh, Jones, <laughs> Star Trek, anything. Beyond Darkness, whatever it was called. Oh, uh, you mean John Hamilton? Uh, that you mean, oh yeah, no, you mean John Harrison, who's <laughs> totally. John Harrison, by the way, yes. he's totally not Khan. Uh, totally I know the internet thinks he's Khan, but I'm JJ Abrams, and I'm going to tell you, he's definitely not Khan. Movie I'm comes out. Khan. Oh yeah, he's Khan. <laughs> Thanks, JJ Abrams. Um, so then we get our next flashback, which is Jessica selling hoagies in a sandwich costume. <laughs> what do you guys think of this scene? This was probably my favorite scene of the entire episode. It's adorable. <laughs> it's got my favorite quote in it, which is the little girl's quote. Yes, oh, um, no. 
But I'm going to say one quote, which is, and whoever wants to can finish it. The uh, Jessica saves the girl. Um, the dad appears, and the girl tells her dad, "I see we saved me." <laughs> <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> my favorite, my favorite line is right after that. You hear don't the cabbie. Steal, off. Don't what? steal my quote. Don't steal it. It's my favorite line. We do a quote section. Yes. Oh, we do. I forgot. You, oh, you're sorry. not stealing my quote. I'm charged. I'll stop saying quotes then. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we can say some quotes as long as they're not the ones that. that I yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll just stop saying that way. I have some for the end. I forgot. Then we go forward to the present day. Uh, Jessica finds Malcolm passed out in the elevator, and Reuben says that she should take him to hospital, but instead Jessica takes him home. And we kind of see that she is obviously conflicted about this because yeah, he could OD if he's at home, but the problem is she needs him at home because she needs to follow him to find Kilgrave. So once again, she's using Malcolm. She's a jerk. Yeah. She's and also, Ruben tries to ask her to a movie, too. Yeah, he asks her to a movie, and she just glares at him. <laughs> I'd go out with Ruben to a movie. Oh, he's adorable. <laughs> he is. He'd make you banana bread. Oh. I love banana bread. <laughs> Made of pieces of his dead sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could, and also, like, they, you'd have some privacy because all of their windows are covered in foil. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Are they or something? I can't remember. Something like that. So, Simpson is showing Trish his basic paedophile kidnapper's van, uh, as they call it, which has no rental record and false plates. Um, I didn't think that. It reminded me more of the 18 van, but fair enough. <laughs> I, I, whenever I see a black van, I think, oh, it's like the 18. And Simpson admits that he Googled Trish and how he found out that she took in an orphaned Jessica when Jessica's parents were killed. Um, And then he asks all about Jessica's powers and Trish is like, eh, just talk to Jessica. Like, you know, stop trying to ask me stuff. (laughs) You guys think he's asking too many questions? Yes. About, uh, not even about her, the girl that he's interested in, about her best friend. I'd be like, dude, back off, you know? Well, I'd be like, Trish, I'd be like, go and ask her yourself, (laughs) grown man. (laughs) But this is where the hashtag wish moment happens. Oh, because she says he he trusts Trish, and Trish trusts Jessica, and and Will, and, and then they kiss. Yeah, and the the look on her face, she's like, it was like it took her by surprise that she actually really liked that. And yeah, I think this is more than the fling, guys. We're shipping this hardcore, even though he's obviously going to go evil, right? You're going to go down with your ship? Yeah. He's Why is he going to go it. evil? Because he's asking too many questions and it's very suspicious. Well, maybe he's just a, he's a guy that wants to know all the, the truth. Like, Ben Urich asked a lot of questions. He wasn't evil. Also, he's kind of tortury, and Ted, that's only going to lead to trouble. He's kind of tortury. He's kind of bad, Jack Bauer. Mm. Jack Bauer's pretty bad. Uh, in yeah, next scene, Malcolm is on the bed. Also a blonde. What? Sorry. What? I said he's also a blonde. I don't know how that related. The Lion King. What? I'm so confused. Anyway. I'm having so, a seizure. In the next scene, Malcolm is on his bed in the apartment. Uh, Jessica checks his pulse and leaves, and then Hope brings her up. Uh, Jessica goes to the jail to speak to her, and we see Sissy checking out Jessica's butt, uh, which I was like, oh, Sissy likes Jessica. Uh, And then Hope has asked Jessica to bring money for a mystery reason, um, and eventually Jessica gives it to Hope and says that she's close to getting Kilgrave, but Hope doesn't really seem to care. She doesn't seem to believe Jessica. Poor Hope. 
What do you guys think's going on then? Because obviously we see Hope a couple of times in this episode. She's she gets beaten up by the sissy later. She's being shaken down for cash, obviously. Because mm. <laughs> sissy saw that she had cash. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then we get the next flashback, which might be my favourite flashback, in which Trish shows Jessica the costume that she has designed for her. And I'm going to say a quote here, which is <laughs> the, the, the costume is white and it's got like a little blue belt and a diamond on it. And uh, Trish, um, Jessica says, the only place anyone is wearing that is trick-or-treating or as part of some kinky role-playing scenario. But I would like to like to add to the end of that quote, or to the Age of Ultron premiere or MCM Comic-Con, <laughs> which I may have done. <laughs> I'm disappointed, though, because I thought you said we would see her wear that costume, but I don't think we're going to because she rejects it here, and then... I said she might, may or may not wear it. Well, and then later on in the episode when she she confronts, uh, uh, or when um, Kilgrave confronts her, she says she doesn't have a superhero name, and mm. she like she hasn't really been... I don't think she's actually had a superhero career. No, not up to this point. And well, yes. also when he confronts her, I don't think she has either. She's maybe helped just a few yeah. people. Yeah. Yes, she's never been a superhero then. No, not really. Oh. In the show. Oh, sorry, Matt. <laughs> what did you think of the blue mask that uh, uh, <laughs> Trish puts on? Uh, super adorable. What was I supposed to think? Hellcat wears a blue mask, but it, it looks nothing. It's nothing like that. But. Is your cat a superhero? No, I said that Hellcat wears a blue. Oh, mask. I thought you said your cat. I was like, oh, that's cute that you dress yeah, my cat as a superhero. My cat wears a blue mask. <laughs> Does Hellcat wear a blue mask? It's yeah, but it's like a half cowl. Yeah, it's like oh, a, okay. more of a cowl. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, kind of <laughs> it's kind of similar, like well, not too similar to this. But we also get the mention of the name Jewel, which is uh, what Trish says that Jessica should call herself. Also get the, the mention of the name Camel Toe as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would be her name if she wore that outfit. All yeah. I have to say to that is Jessica Jones, layers and layers of spanks. It works. <laughs> I know this. Three layers of spanks under that leotard. <laughs> and then you get to hug Mark Ruffalo dressed in that outfit at the Age of Ultron premiere. <laughs> but you don't feel it. <laughs> I feel a thing. And when you have to pee, it takes you half an hour. <laughs> I, I, I just watched it. I was just laughing. I was like, I can't imagine how much Claire was laughing when this, she first saw this scene. I love it so much. It <laughs> my heart with joy. I love this outfit, the the uh, the jewel outfit. I'm a big fan of it. And also in the comics, I mean, we'll discuss it a bit later. In the comics, when she wore this outfit, she also had uh, pink hair and big pink earrings. Um, and it's very, like, 80s superhero, like Dazzler or something like that, like really over the top. Um, but I really, I really like it as a as a superhero outfit. But it's so impractical. Like yeah. it, you know, it's completely impractical. It has no sleeves. I mean, when I made one, I had to actually sew in like see through bra straps to hold it up because there's nothing holding it up. It's insane. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do love it, and it also would have included long blue gloves as well. I wanted to see her wear it though because uh, no, it know, looks it, like a plastic bag with well, like a diamond on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, in all these live-action Marvel things, nobody's ever dressed like the actual superhero from the comics. I wanted to see what that would look like. No, by the end of this series, we're going to see her dressed up like, I don't know, like a rugby player or something. It'll be some sort of very super practical you yeah. know, thing, so we can combat. find it's realistic. Yeah, tactical combat armor. Jessica yeah, exactly. does not have a costume in the comics. <laughs> well, she did when she was Jewel. She did when she was Jewel, and she did when she had a different uh, a different alias. But, I mean, she says here she's not going to go as Jewel because it's a silly name. 
Tell that to country singer Jewel, Jessica Jones. Stripper's <laughs> name. Uh, and then Jessica says that she'll see about being a hero, and then she smiles. Um, I love I love the next shot as well, the present day one, where Jessica is wearing his, her disguise and she's sitting on the desk waiting to hear Malcolm leave his apartment. This is from the trailer as well. I love this shot. It's really cool. And then she follows Malcolm and tells him to hang in there. And I'm like, <gasps> I feel really bad for Malcolm. Yeah, everybody is suffering in order to for Jess to track down Kilgrave. But I guess it's for the greater good, huh? The greater good. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, the next scene where... Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I just went, I went a bit hot fuzz then uh, for a moment. Oh, okay. Uh, in the next scene, Jessica is in the van and grabs all the sufensinal, and Simpson and Trish prep to uh, to get Kilgrave, and uh, Simpson and Jessica are still insulting each other. Um, and they both agree that they will either, if Kilgrave gets hold of them, they'll either duck on each other or maybe just shoot each other in the head. Yeah. You know. Badasses. Um, Malcolm's walking through the park with Jessica following. Uh, we see Simpson is reading a newspaper and he's kind of in disguise as well. Malcolm gets his directions and leaves and goes to a cafe outside the park. Um, these are also some of the first set photos that were released from the show, is the ones of, of Kilgrave um, sitting at the table with Malcolm and getting the dart in the neck, so they were quite spoilery. Um, so we obviously knew that was going to happen if you'd been following the, the set photos released um, before the show was actually released. Um, Simpson approaches with a, the dart gun in a bag, looking really inconspicuous <laughs> with a bag on his hand. Um, and I think it's interesting, he ignores Jessica's orders to turn back. Uh, Jessica's like, no, we need to turn back. And he's like, nope. And he shoots Kilgrave in the neck. Um, At this point, I was like, wow, the plan worked. I totally yeah. didn't expect it to work. Were you, were, you, were you expecting it, like, when the balloon burst? Were you expecting that they would have to, to pull out of the plan, or did you think they would go through with it? Um... Yeah, I I don't know. It kind of happened quick, so I didn't really have time to think about whether they would stop or not. But it certainly did. Certainly didn't look like Simpson wanted to stop. Yeah, well, I don't think he would have stopped any. Like you know, no matter what Jessica said, he's. I think he he doesn't like taking orders from Jessica. Um, I I think their plan was they were really working against themselves because why is Trish parking at the corner? Why can't she just pull up and they swing the band door open, shoot him with the dark gun and grab him? I why is she have to? Why does Jess have to carry? Because this as gun? soon as they if she if she um, parks in front in a van that looks like a what was it your basic pedophile van, um, yeah. even if it's just before he gets shot, then Kilgrave will know something's up and could, like, tell the people around him, like the people in the cafe, to, hey, why don't you go and uh, kill each other? And they'll go and kill each other. So I think mm -hmm. it's to um, minimalise casualties. I think he had just as much time as if she could just screech up really quick and then pop, you know? She could have been parked down, you know, before there, and, uh, you know, time, they time it correctly. Will shoots him, and then she pulls up, and then they grab I think he would have fly. been aware of her being parked down the road, though, because the van is a bit conspicuous. Yeah, she pulls right, she drives by and parks at the end of the road rather than... <laughs> but I, I think as well, if, if, she pull, if she drove by and then they did it, the timing might not have been perfect, whereas at least with this, they can, they have more time to do it. I'm pretty sure that I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Phantom of the Opera. How many people have you uh, kidnapped in a van? Hmm? I'm just saying... 
maybe one of us has more experience, Claire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just totally surprised that in episode five they managed to snatch kill grave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was happy. I was Even really surprised. I was him. like, are they actually going to like have him in the cell? You know, for the next you know, all the next episodes. I was really like, I did not know what was going on at this point. I was really surprised. Um, but yeah, so instead uh, they bundle him into the van and uh, we get a great line from Jessica where she's reminded she has to keep him alive and uh, she gives him a punch. And then they arrive at the safe house and that's when Jessica realises he's wearing a tracker. And again, this is, a, I think I really like this scene because it shows how smart he is where he has these bodyguards and uh, as we find out in like the next scene, but he's not mind controlling them because he knows that he may lose his powers if Jessica gets a hold of him. So he's just paying them and obviously they're loyal just because of that. Um, they all, uh, all the bodyguards attack with tasers, um, but they are surprised that Jessica won't go down hmm. no matter how many tasers they use. Yeah, and it was during this uh, this part where I was I was thinking to myself because I didn't know he, they weren't being mind controlled. So when I thought they were being mind controlled, I was like, why Why don't they just shoot them? Is it just because there are heroes that they're not getting shot? <laughs> like, oh no, because they're not being mind controlled because they're you know hired staff and they're they're use they use their tasers so they don't actually kill people. Mm-hmm. I also think he um, I think as well if he wouldn't get the bodyguards to he maybe would get the bodyguards to shoot Simpson, but he wouldn't shoot Trish or. Jess. He wouldn't shoot Jessica because, obviously, Kilgrave is after Jessica, but I also think he has a weird sense of honour in that he did tell Jessica that Trish is now safe, and I think he would feel like he's going back on that word if he then hurt uh, Trish, even though Trish is obviously trying to hurt him. I was glad he gets an action, though. I was like, yes, some fights. But, you know, it's almost funny because it's like, it's almost like a scene like this proves that there's a reason why this isn't like this isn't like Daredevil where you see like some high flying ninja action. Like Jess mm-hmm. isn't a trained fighter. She just knows how to throw people and punch people. <laughs> yeah, she's a brawler. Yeah, she's a brawler. Yeah. And you know, it's not like she has got like a ton of uh, experience or whatever. Fighting so. style, violence. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like Trish has a fighting style, you know, when we see her like try and fight, obviously. Um, which I mean, we don't really see in this, but you know, she is obviously studying like a an actual fighting style. Whereas I think Jessica just relies on her strength, the same as Luke as well. They're just both brawlers, in bed and out of it. Whoa! What? What? <laughs> so Trish is shaken and feels sort of useless. Um, uh, just has no time for whiners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I would be the same. I would be like, look, get over it. You know, it's yeah. you know. Um, but it's kind of a common, you know, it seems to be a common theme that Trish wishes she could do more, but she's unable to because she doesn't have these superpowers and kind of obviously wants to feel safe. Um, we see later as well Trish in the window loading her, her gun, and yeah. she just seems like a, a, a woman who feels very unsafe in her life. It's obviously a, a, an accident with gamma radiation in the future for her. <laughs> totally. It's a, it's a um, radioactive hellcat that bites her. Yeah. I don't know who Elcat is, so I have no idea what to expect. <laughs> so um, Simpson threatens a bodyguard with a, a pain center below the kneecap, and I wrote in my notes, oh, if Claire Temple was there, she could tell him that there's that pain center above the eye that she told Murdoch about. <laughs> so, yeah. Now we it's worrying that I now know where there's two pain centers in the body. Don't use that knowledge for evil. Marvel are teaching us how to torture people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, and this is where we find out that the bodyguard was working uh, for a firm, not for Kilgrave. 
And the bodyguard doesn't know anything. And Jessica has to tell Simpson to back off. You're a cop, Simpson. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, he's, he's actually got a job as a cop. <laughs> forgot about yeah. that. What were you going to say, Will? Sorry? Oh, I didn't say anything. Oh, I thought you did. Oh, sorry. Oh, I just, said, I just said he's very gung-ho. He's very gung-ho. Yeah, but she calls Jessica. Joker. We don't have any nicknames from Robin in this episode, but um, Jessica does call Simpson Rambo. She also calls Kilgrove shithead, so there we go. <laughs> um, so Jessica arrives home and hears Malcolm and a woman arguing. Uh, Malcolm wants heroin, and Jessica goes in to, to stop the woman shooting Malcolm. And then Malcolm says, You can't save me again. That dealer was pretty unpleasant, huh? Yeah, Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. She's probably going to leave that building with her gun, like having a moan, and then Daredevil's going to take her out <laughs> and take her to the police precinct. She'll be like, oh, man. Uh, so in the flashback, we finally see how uh, Jessica and Kilgrave first met. And it was all over Jessica saving Malcolm. What did yeah, you guys think of fight. this scene? Yeah, more fighting. Were you guys, did you guys think of this would be how it was when they first met, or do you think it would be something slightly different? What do you mean? Well, just like the first meeting, like of how Jessica got under Kilgrave's control. Oh, um, no, I, I didn't really think about how it would have happened, but it makes sense that he witnessed her, you know, do something super, <laughs> and was yeah, it was intrigued. It was, ex- and he's turned on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he says I, later as well, like he's got the saying that he's it's so rare that he feels powerless, and he yeah. says about them being able to kidnap him. So I guess he kind of felt the same here that he sort of felt a rush of kind of excitement at seeing someone who arguably is more physically powerful than him or is is, is as powerful as him in a different way. This dude needs to hire a dominatrix. I <laughs> oh, so does. He yeah, really does. Like, if anyone ever needs a dominatrix, it's Kilgrave. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I, didn't like, I didn't like how uh, um, they, they made Malcolm take his hat off as if we could... I know! <laughs> yeah, we get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, as if we couldn't recognize him because we're they all did the same thing with the reveal at the end of the last episode. I was like, yeah, I yeah. Yeah. There's a reason that he has such <laughs> fluffy hair. It's like they said to to Ikadavu, like the actor, can you just grow your hair as fluffy as possible? So that, <laughs> yeah, every time you take off your hat, we will know that it's you. It's like all the white people, they can't tell you apart. <laughs> oh. oh dear. I like that we get some pre-Kilgrave thinking, though, because she says that she's uh, she liked, you know, beating those thugs up because, you know, she helps somebody. She was making mm-hmm. a difference, and that's what yeah. she, that's just what she's decided to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas after that, after after Kilgrave, probably is more of a, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like whatever. Um, also, I've got two notes here. One one was, I really wish that one of these, these guys mugging Malcolm was Turk from Daredevil. <laughs> yes. I would have loved that, just to see Turk beaten up by Jessica Jones. I would have loved it. Sorry, Rob Morgan, if you're listening. Um, but I would have loved to see that. She wants to see you beaten No, I just want just more you Turk. Playing Turk. I just want yeah. more Turk. Hashtag okay. Turk should be in everything. Hashtag King of Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> Taking his own piece of the kitchen. I'll have to tell him that on Twitter. Um, and also, I'm going to give you an early Easter egg now. So, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so here in this scene, we have... Um, Kilgrave say to Jessica, you know, tell me your name. And Jessica says it's Jessica Jones. And he's like, no, 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 tell me your superhero name. And it was actually the opposite in the comics in their first meeting, um, where he says, tell me your name. And she says it's Jewel. And he says, no, 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 not your silly superhero name. What's your real name? And that's when she says it's Jessica Jones. Uh. But they changed it up. 
Um, yeah, and he makes Jessica go with him. Uh, then we see Malcolm is handcuffed in the bathroom. Jessica's made him a peanut butter sandwich. Oh! Do you think Jessica can ever eat Chinese food ever again? <laughs> no, probably not. Because she's like, like, do I like Chinese because I like it, or do I like it because Kilgrave told me I like yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. He's like, you like Chinese food. What if I don't? Exactly. <laughs> I it's like, like oh. <laughs> Maybe that's why she was freaking out when she went to that restaurant, because she was like, ah, Chinese food. Because <laughs> well, it was that same restaurant. Yeah. Um, and again, in the scene with Malcolm, it's like, um, Malcolm's like, his controls don't last that long. You know that, like, everybody knows Kilgrave's powers, of course. Exactly. <laughs> so easy to figure out. Well, he it's must like have... A little, a little timer on them. He's probably been mind-controlled so many times he's figured it out by himself. <laughs> and he's seen a lot of other people mind-controlled. Yeah. Not yeah. Malcolm has. It's like everybody, you know, like, oh, you, got the, you collected the character card. On the back is stats, say. His powers don't last that You long. read your Marvel um, character <laughs> encyclopedia. Yeah. 2015, which I might own. Uh, you know, where it says about Kilgrave's powers. We find out Malcolm was going to be a social worker. Uh, and this is when he was saying about he had a choice. Sometimes he did it just for the drugs, not due to any control. And then Jessica talks to him about being under Kilgrove's control. And then I like the fact that she says to him, um, how about I've saved you twice, how about you save me for once? And when she gives him the drugs and a choice of what to do in his life. And Malcolm cries. As you do. <laughs> when, when she first comes into his apartment earlier, um, how she, like, throws him on his bed, like, three times before he finally gives <laughs> up getting up. <laughs> yeah. It's like the guy in the first episode trying to get out of the car, though, and Jessica just closes the door, and he uh, it's about <laughs> yeah. three times, and he's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what did you think was going to happen? Did you think Malcolm was going to make the right choice? I mean, I don't know. I found it quite, like, oh, yeah, he's going to have thrown the drugs away. Like, I figured he would. Yeah. I I I expected kind of more of a darker feel to this episode because I really expected him to shoot up because you don't just like tell a junkie to not do drugs and he's like all right I won't do the drugs you know I mean it was more than that she made more of an impassioned plea she saved him so maybe he feels like he owes it to her but also you know he doesn't owe it to her he owes it to himself I mean yeah you know well she's saying help me for once you know yeah. But, you know, sometimes even your best intentions, you're still super addicted to that heroin. You know? well, we don't know that he won't do a fix another time as well. Yeah. You know, he is an addict, and uh, we shall see. Yeah. Um, is this where he vomits and doesn't flush, and they're still sitting around talking? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> He's kind of wretches. I don't know if he vomits. Okay. He's saving, saving water. He knows there's more coming. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, is there anything worse than vomiting? It's like, oh, it's the worst when nothing comes up. Because at least if you vomit, you've got like that. You kind of feel better for a yeah, while. Yeah, you feel better. But if you're just retching and it's just like like bile, oh, oh, it's so horrible. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, it's the worst thing. I hate it. Yep. Yeah. Um, in the next scene, this is where we see Sissy and a friend sneaking up on Hope and beating her up. And, oh, she's, like, elbowing her in the ribs. I was like, ah! Oh, that would hurt. Mm-hmm. So you think they've just, like, stolen her, her money? I was confused, because it's like, you know, it yeah. seemed like she was getting money to get this girl off her back, and she was also, like, her, her girlfriend. Because she's like, come watch TV with me, you know? Yeah. But yet, if she, and she did get the money, so if she did pay her off, why is she beating her in the cell that night? Because you know? she can. Money, yeah. Yes. Taking her down for more money? 
She's a great friend. She ain't no sissy, even though she's a sissy. (laughs) Sissy. So, in the next scene, which I've started with the note, this is hot. Uh, Sorry, guys. Kilgrave wakes up with a bruised jaw and pulls his tooth out and laughs in the mirror. Yeah, I'm sick. Uh, I was like, oh, this is the hottest thing ever. (laughs) That is gross. Big blowy tongue sticking out. Oh, so hot. Oh, my God. Oh, no. It's just David Tennant. Like, I'm sorry. I love him. I've loved him a long time. You like broken little men? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm Claire. Hi, I'm Claire. I like broken little men. In this episode, we've seen, like, two other things I hate seeing the most on TV. Like, one is uh, vomiting or retching. The other one is, like, getting your tooth pulled out and peeing is the other. (laughs) 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 Oh, I forgot you hate vomiting. Well, I remember you mentioning that before. Yeah. Three out of ten, man. Do you want to get this out of the way? (laughs) (laughs) Is there any peeing in this episode? No, thankfully not on this episode, but on other shows I've seen, and it's just gross. (laughs) (laughs) That guy that Will was torturing was peeing his pants. Yeah. (laughs) Malcolm probably peed his pants. He was handcuffed. (laughs) There's a toilet right there, Malcolm. He's handcuffed. That's where my heroine is. I don't want to pee on it. (laughs) I don't think he can do those kind of acrobatics, which means that he can, you know, he's not the guy out of, um, what's that film called, Wanted, where he can, like, curve bullets and he can curve his pee like that (laughs) into the toilet. He's he's handcuffed to a pipe next to the toilet. Like, he can't shimmy the handcuff up the the pipe so he can stand up. (laughs) I know. He's trying to overcome his drug addiction. It's kind of hard to do anything at this point. Yeah. He can't be. Oh. <laughs> he can't shimmy <laughs> and handcuff up the pipe. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember where he's sitting. He throw himself into the bathtub and just lay there and relieve himself so at least he doesn't get on the floor. <laughs> you could, yeah, you could pee in the bathtub if you wanted to. Yeah. Listeners, we need your ideas. <laughs> Where would you pee if you were <laughs> maybe, maybe there's a drain in the floor somewhere. Ooh, well, like one of those weird shower ones where the room is a shower. Yeah. I always find those weird. I don't like it. I'm like, it should be a floor, not the bottom of a shower. It's weird. Get a shower. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so Jessica's phone rings, and it's Kilgrave on the other end. And this is the first sort of conversation in present day we have between the two of them. Hey, girl. You up? Hey, I just met you. This is crazy. <laughs> My name's Kilgrave. Can I have your number? Whatever that song goes like. I can't remember what it's called. Sorry, I'm not home right now. I'm crawling in the purple man web. <laughs> I'm pulling out my teeth. <laughs> uh, I should play um, Hot Live Bling. Used to call me on myself. <laughs> so, yeah, his power is definitely don't work over the phone. <laughs> yeah, apparently. And uh, he says that he's impressed at feeling powerless because it's such a rare thing and wants to know why she wants him alive and also reminds her about his power over her. Uh, and then we get uh, his his deal, which is he says he will leave Malcolm alone if Jessica does his job instead and sends a picture of her to Kilgrave once a day at 10 a.m., making sure that she's smiling. Oh. She wasn't yeah. smiling, though, was she, in the picture? Not really. Oh. I think Kilgrave's just like, <laughs> Yeah. There's so many articles that I've had to not read because I haven't seen the entire series about comparing like abuse in real life to what Tenet, you know, Kilgrave is doing in this in this show. I'm looking forward to reading them. I almost like feel like we need to get a like a an expert on 
because this is some really twisted shit. Like, oh, it's awful, yeah. Like when he's saying, like, uh, Malcolm turning into an addict. It's like, that wasn't my fault, you know? Mm. Like, playing, like, I don't know. He said he was an addict in waiting. Well, this is the yeah. thing. Like, Kilgrave never thinks. He doesn't think of himself. as He's just, like, he's completely, he has no empathy mm-hmm. whatsoever. He just, it, uh. you know, it's just, like, people, he's a complete sociopath. This is such yeah, a good, different villain. It's really cool. Yeah. I love it. It's great. Did he say he was the one who saved Malcolm? He said, we'll let you pretend you did it or something like that. Yeah. Because he likes to, he likes to make, sort of basically say to Jessica that he has complete power over everything she does. Because not only is, he's, he's very sure of himself, Kilgrave, but also it puts that doubt in Jessica's mind. It's like him saying to her, well, you think that you did this, but really, I did it. And then Jessica will be like, well, is yeah. that true? It's like the Chinese food thing, like Mel was saying. You know, if he said to her, well, you think you like Chinese food because you like it, but actually it's down to me. Because then you would be like, well, is it? You don't know. You would question everything. It would it would make you question every single truth about yourself. Mm. Yeah, it's very scary. Um, so Jessica goes into the bathroom and sees that Malcolm has is in full withdrawal and has thrown the drugs in the toilet. So she takes the first photo and sends it to Kilgrove and he smiles. And that's the end of the episode. But she's not smiling. She's smiling with her eyes and her smile says, I'm going to kill you, biatch. I think that's (laughs) important, though, because it's like she's giving him, but not, not, she's not giving him everything that he wants. I don't think he's going to to go back and say, oh, you, yeah, exactly. She's not going to smile in that photo. And I don't think Kilgrave is going to, I think Kilgrave is like, yeah, she's probably a bit pissed off right now. Um, But we'll have to see if this is something she, you know, keeps up to save Malcolm. So that was the episode, guys. So uh, we had no nicknames from Robin in this one. Um, we did get the episode fuck title. Face. Oh, not this Robin. Sorry. No, not not this Robin. But <laughs> you guys will be happy that there are lots and lots of Easter eggs this week. So I hope you I hope you have skipped all your meals and are ready to eat all the Easter eggs. Will have you got a big appetite for Easter eggs? Yes, I'm hungry. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so let's go. So, actually, I'm going to say this one first. So, when Jessica, Will, and Trish are preparing to catch Kilgrave, Will is sitting on a bench in the park reading a newspaper with a headline that mentions Costa Verda. The newspaper is the New York Bulletin, which is the paper that Ben Urich worked for. And Costa Verda is a fictional Central American republic in the Marvel Universe. Um, It's most famous for having a citizen, which is a superhero called Silverclaw, who was also an ex-Avenger. That was quite cool, like a little Easter egg. Um, Also in the park, obviously, we get a kid run by dressed as Captain America, (laughs) which is a more obvious Easter egg. It's like, oh, hello, little Captain America. That was cool. Um, We get another mention of Trish being uh, used to being a redhead. Obviously, when she was uh, Patsy, she was a redhead. Um, Jessica says to her, maybe you should put on a cape. Um, as previously mentioned, Patsy first appeared as a character in Miss America magazine number two in 1944, but she didn't become Hellcat in, uh, until Avengers 144 in 1976. I think capes are more of a DC thing. There aren't that many Marvel yeah. heroes. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's only really, out of the ones in Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's only really Vision and Thor, Thor. have them, isn't it? Yeah. And <laughs> I love Vision only has one because he imprinted on Thor when he was born. 
<laughs> the superhero <laughs> mythology is getting demystified over the years. Like, the Incredibles took away the cape, and now Jessica Jones shows how impractical a mask can be. <laughs> exactly. Was it that mask? That was a bit of... It wasn't a good yeah. mask. No. Um, so, the costume and name designed by Trish are true from the comics, as, as previously mentioned. Um, later on in Jessica's uh, uh, superhero career, she was called Nitrous and um, had a red costume. And in that costume, uh, she appears in that costume in a flashback in The Pulse number 14. And The Pulse was the follow-up sort of Jessica Jones comic to Alias. Uh, so you can see her briefly in that costume. It's kind of like all red and she wears a little red mask and stuff. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, we also get the, the little blue mask, as Matt mentioned, which is a homage to the Hellcat mask. Oh, it was? Um, it looked nothing like it. Except well, for it's, it's a blue mask. It was kind of right. a sort of homage. Um, I don't know if this is actually seen in the episode or not, but the license plate for the van that they used to kidnap Kilgrove apparently has the, um, the license is 1115. Otherwise, 11.15, otherwise 15th of November, which is the date that Jessica Jones premiered, which is quite cool. Um, but I don't know if you actually see it. And then something that I saw that was actually sent to me as, I think, I can't remember who sent it to me, um, but it was kind of cool to see, was, as you were mentioning, like, Captain America earlier, that um, Simpson has Captain America hair. When they're in the park going to kidnap Kilgrave, um, Simpson is pretty much wearing exactly what Steve Rogers wears in uh, uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier when he's undercover, which is a T-shirt, brown leather jacket, baseball cap, and aviator shades with the floppy <laughs> blonde hair. It's That's kind right. of weird. When you see photos of them next to each other, it's like, whoa. It, it must <laughs> have been a homage because it's, it's pretty spot on. Um, and I didn't realize that while watching it. It was only when someone pointed it out to me. I was like, oh, yeah, that's really freaky. I'm going to repaint your earlier Easter egg, by the way, and just say Jessica Jones premiered on the 20th of November. I remember that because that's my mom's birthday, and I said that a 100 times in the podcast. But maybe, like, it meant, like, uh, November 2015. Oh, yes, like that's, that's what I meant. Sorry. November 2015. That is what I meant. Yes. I'm very tired. I've been at work all day, guys. There's no excuse. I'm a tired host. Oh, I'm sleepy. <laughs> I'm sleepy. I'm a sleepy bear. So, I hope you guys are full from your Easter eggs, but have enough energy to do some quotes. Will, okay. you are our guest, and therefore you can go first. Uh, my only quote is, send the picture, save the junkie. Sounds like an ad campaign. <laughs> yeah, I like that one as well. I've got one from that same conversation, which is just really creepy, which is, come on, Jessica, don't play the hero with me. Just creepy. Jessica! I, I laughed so much this week just thinking about you two running around with your friend going, Jessica! Oh, it just made me laugh so many times this week. It's, it's so I have been doing it pretty much all week. <laughs> <laughs> Robin, do you have any quotes? Would you put day drinking under experience or special abilities? <laughs> uh, special abilities. <laughs> Oh, you better you better say that quote, Claire, before oh, I take it. My favorite quote of the episode. Okay, it's the cabbie uh, where he goes, "Hey, get off the road, you stupid sandwich." I love that. <laughs> and then, and then, hun- and then, honey, I told you to stay close. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, do you have any any quotes? 
I've got two. One's about a burn snatch, and the other's about <laughs> cock breath. Oh, wait, this is my Deadwood notes. Oh. <laughs> you can say them here and confuse people and be like, when was it in the episode? Ow, I burned my snatch. Um, <laughs> uh, mine is, uh, I'll just grab some pants. Good call. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> No? I've got quotes about braided cunts from Deadwood. Braided. <laughs> they could they could fit, you know, because Robin Weigart is in both of them, so you know. It'd be great if she was saying these these quotes in like Jessica Jones. <laughs> All the other characters are just like, whoa. <laughs> she did say I burned my snaps, that was her cool. Oh Jane. She was taking a bath for like the first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mel, have you got any quotes you want to say? That's the only quote I wrote down. Oh, that's fine. Uh, if I need that you want me to say, I can say them. Um, no, it's fine. I, I'm just seeing if I have any more. Oh, I have one, which is, she did the 30-day shred. Jillian Michaels changed her life. <laughs> I don't actually know who Jillian Michaels is, but... Oh, sense. my wife cracked up at that. She's from uh, The Biggest Loser, the show The Biggest Loser. Oh. My wife loves that show. She's like a workout. She has lots of workout DVDs. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I have one more quote, just because, uh, well, uh, it, my, my quote is, Hey, shithead! Uh, <laughs> yeah. I have to mention that because... We really didn't, I mean, I, I spent so much time talking about how better it would have been if Trish just pulled up, um, that we didn't mention that, that slow motion badass scene that just did. Locking eyes with, um, Kilgrave. So cool. Yeah. And she calls him a shit, which so. is amazing. Like, yeah. Yeah, Jessica. So good. Jessica! Jessica. Uh, <laughs> so, we have one email this week from the lovely Heidi. Would someone like to read it? Oh, you could read it, Mel, because you didn't um, read any quotes that I gave you or something. I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> a, a long quote to read. It says, hey, guys. Okay, this is my quote. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, guys. Jessica in a cubicle is just how I would expect you. Matt! <laughs> my quote. It's not the title of the episode. We've already done that bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mel. <Val. sighs> All right. Hey, guys. Jessica in a cubicle is just how I would expect her to be. Yeah. Flashbacks. I think I'm going to like this one. Well, she likes flashbacks. I bet okay. Heidi loves Lost. Oh, and she acid. Must- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she loves Lost on acid. <laughs> okay. So she follows Malcolm around and waits to get up the nerve to try and inject Kilgrave. Ouch. Hot coffee in the face. In the face. neighbor in the face. The neighbor guy is creeping me out since anyone could be working for Kilgrave. Oh, Ruben. And he's also stalking her. <laughs> yeah, he is creepy, but he's adorable. Oh, made up banana bread. <laughs> out of the sister. <laughs> yeah. The scene with Jess, Trish, and Will is pretty funny. Trish is trying to be on Jess's side, but Will is making some good points. Way to go, Jessica in a sandwich costume, saving a little girl. She could have so many awesome hero names with that costume. <laughs> Should we come up with something? Hero. The, the heroic the sandwich. Hero? The, yes, the... I know. That is my oh, that is my rating. <laughs> hero sandwich. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> um, I love Trish trying to convince Jessica that she needs a costume and a superhero name, and yet it makes me so sad because I know I know. What? I know how things are going to happen after that. I think the first... No, sorry. I think the fact that we've seen so little of Kilgrave at this point makes him even more scary. Fisk wasn't as menacing once he started going out on dates. (laughs) 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 
awkward, <laughs> awkward Wilson Fisk dates are the best. Aww. Whoa. Malcolm was there when Jessica met Kilgrave for the first time. Weird coincidence or something more? Maybe he just went back and found him after talking to Jessica that night? Oh, he could have. Or maybe it's just a weird coincidence. Like, do you think that Malcolm moved in, like, after after yeah. Jessica moved in there? Like, do you think he followed her there? I think so, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Now Kilgrave wants Jessica to send selfies? What a strange bargain. She should get a photo with a different Avenger each day and send him that. <laughs> <laughs> like in a photo, a photo booth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one was really good, but I expected more from the ending. Until next time, Heidi. Thanks, Heidi. Heidi. Oh, that was like, that was like a creepy ending, Heidi. Come on, that was good. That was great. It's so creepy. Right. I think yeah. she should be called Hoagie, but then it'll get mixed up with Hogarth, so. Hoagie, if ever she comes on the show, we'll call her Hoagie Heidi. She could be, uh, uh Jessica could be Hulk Hoagie. Okay. Hulk Hoagie? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but she has, like, Hulk yes, next time, powers, but she's next time, Heidi. But next time Heidi comes on the show, we need to call her Hoagie Heidi. Hoagie Heidi, okay. Hoagie, okay. Hoagie Heidi. Or Sandwich. Sandwich? <laughs> Sandwich. <laughs> Which is how Wilfred Brimley would say it. And you'd be like, Sandwich. That sandwich will give you the diabetes. <laughs> I got the diabetes. <laughs> uh, if Wilfred Brimley ever showed up in the Marvel Universe, I might actually die of happiness. He's like uh, playing uh, J. Jonah Jameson. That'd be amazing. Peter Quill's dad. Oh, oh, Peter Right, so let's score this episode, episode five. Will, you are our guest and namesake of a character in this show, so you can go first, even though all of us, apart from Mel, are namesakes of characters in these shows. (laughs) Oh, Oh, sorry, I forgot Melanie Gow. Yes, Madam Melanie Gow. (laughs) Will, what would you you like to, to rate this episode? Well, I really enjoyed the episode. I was surprised that we got to see them go after Kilgrave so uh, quickly. I enjoyed all the flashbacks and that scene at the end where it's just Kilgrave talking and when he does that line that sounds like a hero's quote, um, I literally died and I had to resuscitate <laughs> me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I gave it 9 out of 10. I wrote down 9 out of 10 camel toes. <laughs> awesome. Nine out of ten cowboys. Uh, Robin, do you want to go next? Uh, he just saw my rating system. I have to, uh, <laughs> I have to, let me find one. Pick somebody else. Uh, Matt. I like this episode a lot. I really enjoyed the you know the team working together to capture Kilgrave, and I'm surprised they actually did it. And then I was very frustrated when it, their plan failed, like at the last second. Uh-huh. Was, oh, so close. But it was fun to watch, so I'll give it 9 out of 10 frustrating tasers. <laughs> <laughs> She's not going down. Mel. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, okay, I know you guys probably all love this episode. Um, I liked it. Um, Trish is getting annoying. Uh, her, her exposition and stuff, like, I found her really annoying this episode. Okay. Uh, the dialogue for her was, like, just... I don't know. I felt like she was trying to be foggy. Like, too obvious and too, like, they were trying to write her, like, too witty, and I just didn't like it. Okay. So, you know how you feel about foggy. Yeah, like, it's just, like, forced wittiness. I can't stand it. Like, I, 
I don't know. Okay. It just doesn't feel natural to me, and that takes me right out of the show. Okay. So I'm going to give it a um, 7.5 out of 10 uh, hero sandwiches. <laughs> nice. Um, Robin. I really had a great time during this episode, not only watching it the few times I watched it, but also discussing it. Um, I... I I, I haven't given out a 10 yet, so I'm just going to give this one a 10. Just not not even think about it. Just say 10 out of 10 heroin urinal cakes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I really like this episode as well. I think there is a couple of times where the dialogue is a bit clunky, um, similar to like last week's episode. Um, I don't think it's bad. I just think it kind of stands out because a lot of the dialogue is is really good in the show um so i think when it it, it's sort of like we were discussing earlier the the moment mel and i were discussing it kind of stands out where it's a bit like oh really um but i really like the um the kind of verbal sparring between simpson and jessica um i like the fact that they don't get on i think it makes their characters more interesting sort of working out why they don't get on um I love that we get Kilgrave. Um, we see sort of how physically weak he is, that he's quite easy to take out in that respect, but how it's going to be a challenge for these guys to, to take Kilgrave down um, alive because of how clever he is and his powers. And just when he rings Jessica at the end, it's really chilling. Um, mm. So I really enjoyed it. I liked the whole story with Malcolm. I think they could have drawn it out a bit longer about his choice, about whether to... Um, go go straight you know or not with with the heroin and everything but i think they were limited with the time um so yeah i really enjoyed it i'm going to give it a 8.5 out of 10 simpsons disguised as steve rogers <laughs> in this episode and um, I, I might, I, I forgot to mention, I was just looking up, not trivia per se, but IMDb. You better not have been Pumpkin Eater. Well, I always like to know who wrote and who directed, and I discovered that the guy who directed this, uh, Stephen Sergic, mm-hmm. um, directed, uh, he's directed lots of things, but he directed uh, uh, Shadows in the Glass, episode of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And he also, episode. yep, he also directed the X-Files episode Excelsis Day with the uh, uh. rapey old age home. Which I only remember yeah. because it has a guy from my favorite movie, Harold and Maud, in it. Yeah, thank God. And uh, Wayne's World 2. I think you were. And which one? Wayne's World 2. Oh, mm. The only thing, literally the only thing I remember from Wayne's World 2 is, doesn't Wayne, like, bump into Jim Morrison in a desert? Or was that <laughs> in the first one? I don't remember. They have the doors, uh... No, that sounds very sequel-ish, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, they have to... They have to they, Wainstock, man. They get Aerosmith there. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> I was more of a Bill and Ted fan than Wayne's World. You were one or the other at school, and I loved I don't think it's the one or the other. I think it was at my school, awesome. Robin. You weren't there. You don't know what it was like. You picked I one wore team. Wayne's World <laughs> colors, okay? I wore them, and I strutted. No, I, I don't know. Mm. I wore a Wayne's World, Wayne's World baseball hat and stood in a phone booth and was just like, what? I'm a paradox. Oh, look at me. And then, uh, and then George Carlin appeared and was like, wow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? I don't know. <laughs> so, Will. Wicked. Wicked. Ugh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be- Oh, wicked. Oh, anyway. Oh, it's basically the same as Frozen. Like. <gasps> so it's awesome, and I watch it like three times a day, right? No. Oh, okay. No. I could read. I could recite that movie from beginning to end, and it really, I have two little girls. That freaking snowman <laughs> in Frozen. I want to kill him. Okay. 
do you any of you guys so you've all seen Frozen? Yes. Do you yeah. even like it? Do you no. even like it? No. I liked it the first like two or three times I watched it. I was like, oh, this okay. is fun. I prefer Tangled. It's, I think Tangled is so much better. It's just Tangled like, is funnier. It looks like a terrible movie to me, Frozen, so I refuse to watch it. Everybody keeps telling me I need to watch it and I refuse. No. It's not for you, it's for yeah, little kids. Is, okay. No, I know, Everyone but I, I love me. What? Oh, okay. What, well, uh, what did you say? I was just saying, everyone's telling me the same thing, and I put it off and put it off and put it off, but I finally watched it, and it's, it's, it's okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Hey, I'm not going to bother. It has okay. the world's most irritating snowman in it, who I actually want to punch through his snow animated face. <laughs> I really Why are you all it? hanging off the earth like bats? Come on, this is like kill. <laughs> anyway. I'm just impaled. <laughs> I've seen this. I got tired of them asking me if I want to build a snowman. I'm like, no, I don't want to fucking build a snowman. <laughs> like, shut up. Oh, <laughs> uh, your heart will break when you see that scene, though. It's so good. The first, like, two or three times. <laughs> <laughs> my heart's made of cold, so cold snow. My, my sister actually really freakily look, looks like um, Anna from Frozen, particularly oh. when Anna was little. So I guess that would make me Elsa, which means that I have a heart made of cold ice or something. So I'm not... Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. I will never let it go. I'll let, snow, I'll let that snowman go right into a volcano. Where I'll let it go. <laughs> oh, he irritates the hell out of me. Even when I was in Disney, Disney with uh, um, with Tammy and Brad, I we kept seeing this little snowman everywhere, and I was just like, oh, I hate him. Oh, <laughs> really, I really hate him. Anyway, enough of my hatred of, of Olaf the animated snowman. Um, Will, something, something I know. <laughs> I'm so full of the Christmas spirit. Something I love more than Olaf the Animated Snowman is our guest Will. And I'm Aww. so glad you managed to come on, Will. So uh, thanks for having me. I'm glad I got to be on this season. I'm sorry you were on an episode that had no Luke Cage in it, though. Yeah, it would have been. Well, you know, maybe next time. Oh, yeah, and I'll, I'll sign me up right now for Luke Cage. <laughs> oh, you're totally coming on for Luke Cage. Yes. <laughs> By the way, what are your thoughts on Mike Coulter? We've all commented on our opinion of the hotness of Mike Coulter. Oh, he is definitely, like, off the charts hot. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, you will definitely have to come back for Luke Cage. As we have discussed on Facebook, you should totally cosplay as Luke Cage, and I will cosplay as Jessica Jones, and we can... Yes, let me buy a yellow shirt and... <laughs> and you need a big chain and some gorgeous and a tiara. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, where can people find you on the internet, Will, and listen to your lovely voice some more? Where can you not find me? Now, I'm doing <laughs> Down Below, which is a Babylon 5 intro cast. Also, What We Make, which is a Terminator podcast. And also, on a currently coming back in the new year, the Sensate podcast about the Netflix show Sensate. Is that coming back on Netflix in the new year, then? Yes, I think they start filming in about a week on season two. I, have to, I haven't seen season one yet. I need to watch it. Oh, it's so good. It's really good. Cool. And you're always guesting on other podcasts as well. Yeah, Intro to X, uh, sometimes on Clone Dance Party, um, Matt is Wrong About Games. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like others. Which Matt is more wrong about games? Which Matt? Um, Tell me. Who do you agree with more? Um, well, a few months ago I would have said... Matt H is more wrong, but now I think I'm swinging over to his side on, especially on Sony PlayStation yeah, yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> is it more? It's like it's kind of like a Wayne Gar slash Bill Ted thing, right? It's like obviously, yeah, you, you can only have one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> 
that melody. Ha ha. Just fuming. He's just like angrily like typing away an email ah. now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks so much for coming on, Will, and you're definitely coming back for Luke Cage. Awesome. And thanks for sending feedback in as well. Um, see you in a year. Yeah, see you in a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the 22-hour and you're So, my lovely co-hosts, um, what have you been up to this week? Is there anything you would like to, to mention? Matthew? Uh, Will already got the Terminator one, and we're recording Deadwood later today. So, mm-hmm. listen to Hooplecast. You yeah. fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Calamity Jane. Okay, so let's talk about next week's episode and do some predictions. Next week, uh, we'll have two guests. You just, wait, oh. you didn't let Robin talk to Oh, Robin, do you want to talk to me then? I haven't really been doing anything on the internet because I haven't seen Star Wars yet, but as soon as I uh, see Star Wars, I'll probably start doing other things on the internet, like being a part of it. <laughs> I was so shocked when they revealed that C-3PO was a Sith Lord. I was really surprised. That's, that was the thing that shocked me the most in this, this new one, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, I, I, I'll edit that out. You'll have to bleep that. I will, yeah, don't worry. So next week, um, we will be discussing episode six. We're almost halfway through, guys. Oh. Episode six, Return of the Jedi, uh, where Jessica, <laughs> Jessica becomes a Jedi master. Uh Episode 6 is called, a.k.a. You're a Winner! Oh, it's going to be a game show. Mm. Any any thoughts on what might happen in that one? Charlie Sheen, guest stars. <laughs> That's like, who? Winning! <laughs> Charlie mm. Sheen is Bullseye. <laughs> oh, they can't be, because Bullseye is Jason Statham. I thought he was... Uh, he wins a contest, they get to meet Trish. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, anyway. maybe a radio contest? Might be a fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, Kilgrave. He's going to organize a contest of who can send him the best Jessica Jones photo. <laughs> and where, the best one, impression of him, and you will win, Mel. Yeah, and one where he's like, one where she can like, if you can get a smile from her, you get bonus points. Ooh. Okay. What do they win? If they win it. Uh, they win a coffee in the face. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a great prize <laughs> The second prize is getting locked in a closet <laughs> The yeah. prize is he will stamp on your remote control toy <laughs> Wow, yeah, absolutely And the, the last prize is he will punch you in the chest so hard that your heart explodes That's right Yeah <laughs> Except he wouldn't do that, obviously it would be just him. Okay, fair enough Um yeah, that will be next week. So, Will, uh, can you please take us out with an Excelsior? Excelsior! Well, that was a good one. <laughs> Yay! Bye, everyone! Bye! Bye. You're a winner! <laughs> yes! Grease. Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Defenders Podcast or on Twitter at Defenders Pod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!